So, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, whenever you listen. This is Match Bailey alongside with Kitty Kipad and Karen, Ricardo Medina. Hello, hello, hello. And this is another episode of Bears Beats and Bailey. And uh, before we begin today's episode, you know, at the time it's recording here, uh, my latest episode of Retrospect Reviews is out, which uh, features myself, you know, Ricardo, and some of our guests. And, you know, we talked about Star Wars Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith. So, you know, feel free to check that out. And, of course, leave a comment or two, you know, based off of, you know, what you thought about the episode and the movie itself. So just a little, you know, a little add. I just want, this little plug I just want to do before we, we kick things off. So, kicking things off, uh, we have four shows to talk about. Well, actually, two TV shows and two movies, right? So, first off, you'll start off with uh, the final season. That will be season five of She-Ra and the Princesses of Power. Unfortunately, I didn't get around to watching that season. I have started the show, though, and I am really digging it for what it is. Um, right. But I know, Ricardo, you're a Bonafide fan, so, you know, you will share thoughts on how this final season turned out. And if right. it really what i would say like did did the series end on a high note or or not you you'll answer that first um also we will talk about um if you did release i i didn't even know it was coming out um last friday times recording i just like saw it online i was like okay it's out all right that would be scoob which is a yeah. well a one animated movie one animation movie that um i wasn't excited for but i was intrigued by uh mainly because well yeah it's you know, uh, Scooby-Doo film in 2020, right? So, and I'll just say this right off the bat, I honestly was planning to to, to see this in theaters. Right. Yeah, I actually wanted to see it in theaters. It, it looked promising enough. But, you know, because of, you know, what's going on here, um, it came out last Friday. So, you know, both of us checked it out and we'll share our thoughts on that. Uh, we also checked out uh, season six of Flash. Uh, we'll share our thoughts on that. And closing, and closing things off, <sighs> Josh, Josh Trunks returned by to, you know, the director's chair, to the writer's table, and I guess to the, to the, to the editing, you know, um, to, the, to the editing suite, if you will, because, yes, he wrote, directed, and edited Capone. This oh. is a biopic of sorts, um, which is about, of course, the infamous, you know, gangster Al Capone. Um, and it stars my boy, Tom Hardy, right? You know what I mean? Who has starred in some of my favorite films of the 2010s. So not saying that this is like a comeback for him, you know what I mean? Because I know he just is, he, like, as, as people call him right now, an actor's actor. So I know he's going to come true. But um, it's, it's it's how he came through in this show, in this show here. In particular, I want to talk about, but yeah, and is 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 this really the return of George Trank or just a sign of things to come? Right, that's all I'll say for the moment. All right, so Ricardo, um, Shira and the Princesses of Power, season five. Haven't checked right. it out. So just keep that in mind too. So just be easy on the spoilers, please, because I uh, I will get around to that eventually. But yeah, take it away. What was it about? Right. So this season was a direct follow up from the end of season four, and basically the central conceit is uh, well, you know, invasion. You know, the bad guy, the main bad guy. You know, well, you learn you learn that the main antagonist he has he's from season four. Well, I don't know if this is a spoiler. It's up to season four, right? Uh, no, but, but you can mention the person's name. It doesn't matter. Just, just right, go on. So go on. Yeah. Right, so the main antagonist, Hordak, there's something about Hordak alone, and that's paid off in the end of season four. 
right? All right. And so now that 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 thing is now the thing that you have to deal with in this entire season, right? It's it's you know the, the big the big final blowout uh, going on, and that's well nothing else to say other than to, to uh, anything else would be a spoiler because it's it's just action and, and a big adventure. They had to resolve the main plot line. Um, they had to resolve the main plot line involving the nature of Shira and her origin, what she was about, who who built them and why, and yeah. Uh, I'll say they, they totally stick the landing. It's one of the better, um, you know, finales, I'll say. I won't say it doesn't do anything too, too, too surprising. Here's what I'll say, and this is like a big spoiler, but I'll say this. If you, if you get the reference, you might get it, but when you see it, you'll know what I'm talking about. Uh, let's just say they avoided the mistake that, that Voltron made. That's all I'll say from a okay. character. All right, all right. That, if, if you saw the Voltron series, um, there's something very, very informal about that show. And uh, they they addressed that in this. They, they they basically did it in this one. And people was a lot of fans was you know had a issue with it in, in Voltron, and they addressed it in this. That's all I'll see. Something that they was hinting at and leading up to, but you know you don't think they would they would try to do it, and they end up doing it. Uh, that's it. In terms of character perspective, it really works. Um, overall, voice acting great. Um, characterization really, really stood out in this season. Um, well, again, my favorite character, Catra, she gets a full redemption arc in this season, and it's excellent. Nice, nice. It's best, one of the better redemption arcs I've seen in a long time. And yeah, I can't really be mad at any of this. Um, they, 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 they really, really nailed it. Noel Stevenson really nailed it. What I thought they would have done, though, something I was expecting, um, I was expecting them to do um, a big, like, crossover thing, because you know this fella... You know this fella um, do uh, um, Kev, Kev, Kevin Smith, right? Right. So I yeah. thought we would have gotten something kind of hinting at some continuity error stuff, and it's not hard to like, like the way how they set it up, and especially with this ending, still, it's it's left pretty open in my opinion. Still, so they could easily do a He-Man crossover, you know, Masters of Universe stuff now, right? The way how they leave it open, they, they leave it pretty open, and just. Focus on the characters, and I really thought this this season would have done that. I thought this season was gonna do all this world building and and that sort of stuff because there's 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 a plot point that happens uh in the middle of the season, and I really thought, oh well, this is where they're gonna do all of this, and they didn't really do that. Um, they actually just you know, you know, went went back to the to the strong suit, which is the character stuff, and we got that, and that was the finale there. Um, yeah, there's nothing else to say other than spoilers, but yeah. Um, as I say, that that's that that how I'll, I'll deal with it as it is. So, yeah. Uh, Shira, really good. I give it like a 9 out of 10. Great ending. Nice, um, nice, nice. Yeah, you know, it, again, it's nothing too mind-blowing. It's, it's, it's for its audience. So, so anybody who is, you know, uh, you know, it's not designed for me. I'm not the demographic. It's for ATL girls and, and around that tween, tween age. It's, it's for them, and it, I would imagine it'll be amazing for them. Because the finale was pretty good and real, well done and well thought out and whatnot. So, yeah, yeah. that is it. What, what, what I would say, though, even though I just, like, recently started the show, is that it kind of embraces the fact that, yes, it's from the 80s, you know, where, you know, f- yeah. um, high-flying high fantasy was a thing, you know what I mean? So it right, kind of yeah. embraces its roots, you know what I mean, whilst giving yeah, us a yeah, kind that, of modern contemporary take, if you will, right, on that, the source material now. Yeah, that's why I like the show. Is that they actually sat down and work out the 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 um the sci-fi-ish nature of it. Now that's high fantasy yes. world and magic yes. stuff. Yeah, they they actually do a, a really good job with that, and they, they address pretty much everything that you wanted to see or address 
they address the new finale, like in the, in the in the last few episodes, they address all of that. And I, I like okay, they do this, they, they, they do this character, they address this character in this way. Um, a certain character I wanted to see uh something with her. Um, I don't I don't want to spoil it, even say what it is, but they they did that, and I was like, oh great, they they did this, and I really thought they wouldn't have done it, and they did it, and they they just they just cover everything. Um, overall, I'll say um again, you know. For eight-year-old girls, for, for teenage, tween, teen, younger, young teen girls, it's perfect for that. So I didn't. I was expecting a couple little extra things to address, but they, they pretty much address everything or, or give it like a quick um lip service to address it, and it was not a problem. And yeah, good pacing. The pace is all reasonably well. Good voice acting again. Everybody get it. You. It's a. It, I'll just straight up say it's a complete happy ending. They, they don't try to do anything melancholy or anything like that. Again, they know the audience, but they they nailed it right now. And all I'll say um. You know, it, it, well, this might be a bit of a spoiler, but it's a very sapphic weekend, especially, you know, in contemporary with, with the latest Harley Quinn as well. So, yeah, ah, they, yeah. they give that. They address that. Let's just say that a lot of ships was, was sailed, right? You know, a lot of ships <laughs> left. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I got, so that is it. Mm-hmm. Right. So that is it. Um, they, they did a really good job with this. Um, I, I think they nailed it. Uh, yeah. Next up, we'll fix for 9 out of 10 for you. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Well, I'm hoping that, you know, more people do check it out. Don't just dismiss it because, oh, it's, it's 80s nostalgia, man, you know what I mean? But no, because just from the, the episodes I've looked at so far, you know, a lot of effort's been put into it, you know, from animation to visuals to the music and all, you know what I mean? Just a lot of right. effort put into really paying tribute to the source material while giving us a, a fresh new look at this um, character, you know? So yeah, I'm yeah. I'm definitely gonna yeah. check it out. I hope that other people do check it out too. Um, probably it might be like um, you know, with the vein of a Legend of Korra or Avatar. You know what I mean? Like one of those right. shows, people are like, oh yeah, it's it's much better than you think it was. You know? I'm hoping right. that in the near future, that's what people you know look um, yeah. kind of regard Chira. Yeah, yeah, I could totally see that happening. Um, because they really do a good job with a lot of the characterization. I mean, it was it was always good, but like it it really really they really nailed it this season. Right, nice, nice, nice. Okay, well, I'm, I'll, I'm definitely gonna. Um, well, I've been enjoying the, the series as far. So yeah, I have a feeling I'm gonna have a blast with the final season. So yeah, maybe, uh, hopefully, come you know years end that most likely might end up um, making it to my top ten as far as you know favorite TV shows right. go. Yeah. All right, so sticking with animation for a while again. Uh, let's talk about um, Scoob Man. Oh, sorry. Scoob! You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Let's talk about that. Um, I'll do the synopsis for this, right? But um, just before we start, just have to talk briefly about my history with this series, right? So, you know, growing up, this was one of the few Hanna-Barbera shows that were on TV, you know? So there was like um, Jetsons and Flintstones, right. Top Cat, you know, stuff like that, right? My actual introduction to this, I uh, imagine you seen it with you, Ricardo, is a little show called A Pup Named Scooby-Doo, right? This came, this was the 80s version of the Scooby-Doo series. I dug the hell out of it. I love how, it's really the self-awareness of it that I love. You know, it was goofy, it was silly, but it was intentionally so, right? There was this long-running gimmick about, oh, well, you know, the, the, the bad guy is actually red herring, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I just laughed at that. And then there was actually one episode where it was red herring. And that just blew my my young mind. I was like, what? You know what I mean? <laughs> but it was how silly it was. And, you know, it was just pure 80s from the music. And they would always have, like, this little musical cue and all that kind of stuff. But like I said, it was self-aware. It kind of poked fun of, of itself, right? And yeah. then, well, in the 90s, that's where I saw Scooby-Doo itself, the 70s one. Not, uh, not 
Scooby-Doo, where are you? For some weird reason, I didn't see that till later on. I just saw Scooby-Doo itself, right? And then there was a spin-off, you know, Scooby-Doo and Scrappy-Doo, which I didn't really care for because I thought Scrappy-Doo was just really annoying. Um, but yeah, that was that was just my little run through, my introductions to that character itself. And one thing, and this is this is like what I had in mind while I was watching Scoob itself, is that, you know, like, I know this show has a diehard fan base, right? And yes, if you look, if if you really want to think about it, yes, it is one of the the highly regarded uh, Hanna Barbara animated series, right? But concept wise, story wise, it's just a formula. It's just a rinse and repeat formula. Sorry, I have to say it, but it is, right? It's just these these teens, sorry, uh, investigating cases, and you know, there's a guy just like a monster, and you know, there's Scooby Doo and all the hijinks. It's just Rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat, right? That's why I haven't even bothered to watch over any of these Scooby-Doo shows. Well, I, I guess right. if, if I had a choice, I'd pick up a pop named Scooby-Doo, because at least that did something a little different, right? But right. that's a couple of things I want to say before we get to your introduction or history with the, the franchise. Um, 2002, we had the live-action Scooby-Doo movie, and I remember finding it fairly decent for what it is because of, once again, just poking fun of itself, Self, um, you know, what I mean, that's like, oh, well, we're just gonna be silly because that's how the original show was, anyway, right? I remember there was one moment where, well, you know, perfect casting, uh, Matthew Lillard playing, um, Shaggy, and it was him and Scooby literally in the mystery machine. And you saw smoke coming out, and it's like, oh my god, all the yeah. all these time I was swearing, like, you know, the you know, Shaggy being this pothead, and now the show is gonna prove it. it's like, no, they were inside this. Um, just heating up some hot dogs, right? But it's still a I great moment, in my opinion. Yeah, it's clearly the suggestive aspect of, you know, they know what they're doing. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And that's what I like about it, the self-awareness, poking fun of itself. Once again, it's just a rinse-repeat show that they just make in fun of, right? Um, right. I remember the, the villain actually being Scrappy-Doo. <laughs> I thought I was smart, I like, Which yeah, let's just take this character. Yeah. I don't know, it's, it's kind of stupid, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, well, because I didn't really care for Scrappy Doo. It was just like, well, okay, let him be that. Oh, big shock, right? I didn't bother to watch uh, the sequel. I uh, uh, heard bad things about it. And that was it for me, right? Um, but, I mean, I just treated that show for what it was. You know what I mean? Just trying to revive an old show. Um, it's not the first time it's been done. I mean, we had um, Flintstones back in 94. We, right. we, we still haven't gotten a Jetsons li- live-action movie, but, I mean, whatever. Um yeah, which is surprising. I mean, given where we are right now in 2020. But anyway, so last thing, last I want to say though, I haven't checked out anything Scooby Doo since then, since that first movie or second movie, right? right? Um, I know there were these director video ones. I know there was one with Scooby Doo meeting um, WrestleMania characters. Sorry, WWE characters. So I remember yeah, there was it was John Cena and, and um, Undertaker. I was like, what? And I was like, yeah, okay, yeah. this this is where the franchise is. I don't even care. I don't even bother. Forget it. Let me move on with my life, right? At least with the 90s, Hanna-Barbera gave me stuff like Pirates of Dark Water and Swat Cat. So at least I had that, right? But um, but the thing is, no, with 2020, no, when, this, when the first trailer for Scoop dropped, I was like, okay, we're going to do this. And it's from same, the same one animation group who gave us, you know, the Lego movie one and two. So I, in my head, I was thinking, okay, is this going to be more self-referential, kind of like what, you know, the, the Lego movie was. But it's with Scooby-Doo right. characters. But this with the second trailer they drop. It's like, oh, we're going to have this Hanna-Barbera universe thing going. I'm like, okay, it's kind of interesting. I'm not sure if it'll work, but we will get to that when we get into the review. But yeah, uh, Ricardo, 
your quick history of you know the Scooby-Doo franchise. Right, yeah. So I have roughly the same as you, which is most of Scooby-Doo is, is via syndication or, you know, with Cartoon Network or the pop name Scooby-Doo stuff, you know, on, I think, TTT had it. Yeah, TTT had it, yeah. Right, right, right. Uh, yeah, that, that's pretty much it. So I, I just kind of was familiar with the material just through share syndication. And I said, oh, well, this series came out and that series came out. And, you know, it had one point where it was just Scooby, Shaggy and Scrappy. And that was terrible. And then they brought back Velma for two seconds. And it was, yeah, so like, yeah, where, where Fred and Velma, um, where, so where Fred and Daphne, they're missing for some reason. And know, then they right? had, yeah, yeah, so they, they just keep doing a lot of things. And then, you know, it had that, that great um, Johnny Bravo episode that was making fun of the whole thing, which was hilarious. Yes, uh, <laughs> I remember that. Mm. Right, but the thing is, um, right, so Scooby is a show that, you know, I don't really, I never was a fan of it, per se, but it's one of those things that you learn to appreciate because, like, the whole thing was this. To me, it was just kind of the whole point was to teach skepticism. Like, oh, it's not about, you know, monsters and ghouls. It's really some asshole who, who trying to scam insurance. You know, it's yeah. always that. Mm-hmm. Right. So it, it's, that's the thing. And I, one of the reasons I didn't like the live action movies because the live action movie went and actually did real magic. I'm like, what? Like, oh, yeah, that, 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 that happened. Yes. Mm. Right. And then, and then, and well, we're going to address this in, um, in this, uh, we're going to address this in this, in this review, but, uh, they never really, like, even though, even though, you know, the show was always kind of skeptical and, and trying to debunk, debunk uh, magic and whatnot, they never really addressed the number one thing that is the weirdest fucking thing about the Scooby-Doo universe, which is, well, for the goddamn dog talking. And yeah, I, <laughs> that, that's action, true, that's true. Yeah, I felt the live-action movie could have addressed that. Like, I thought the live-action movie was going to do that. Like, oh, yeah, let us explain how the dog talking. This movie kind of does that, right? They kind of do it. They kind of say, oh, well, they're going to, to do this thing. And like, all right, cool. That wasn't was so bad. Uh, but yeah, that's just kind of me with Scooby-Doo. It's, it's one of those things that I felt they could have done more. Uh, by the way, I, I never got into Mystery Incorporated. I heard that's one of the best, if not the best series. But I never got into that because, you know, I was like too old by then. Uh, yeah, well, well, same here too, same here too. Mm-hmm. Right. So to me now, I was into, that's pretty much it. So it had nothing else to say. Other than, oh, well, we could, you know, what are you going to do with, with Scooby-Doo 40 years later or whatever it is? Because basically anybody who's, like, you know, in the mid-40s or whatever it is wouldn't remember these characters directly. And then you have people like me who only would remember it via syndication. So I only remember, like, all the extra stuff because he's like to bring in a bunch of extra Hanna-Barbera stuff and it's implied that it's a bunch of, like, ex- you know, movie universe things. And that's pretty much it. So I, well, we could we could get to the review now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's 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 do that. Right. So in a nutshell, Scoob is well. Scoob starts off with um, young Shaggy, who um, through some circumstances uh, meets you know Scooby himself. He actually names him Scooby Dooby Doo. There's a nice little joke where um, right. the, the, the guy chasing him, or the cop chasing him, actually asks yeah. for the dog's middle name. I thought that was that was really funny actually. Um, yeah, and yeah. then. You were gonna say sorry? No, yeah, yeah. Like it, it started off good, you know. Like it, I was like, oh, if, if, this, if this, if this is gonna be the humor for the whole thing, I was like, all right, good, this, this looking alright. Yeah, yeah, but but from the trailer, I knew that it wasn't going to be just about you know the relationship between Shaggy and Scooby. Eventually, Shaggy runs into Fred and Daphne and Velma. Actually, ironically, during the night of Halloween, which kind of makes sense, you yeah. know what I mean. Um, they, right. they solve the first case, and then we get a nice montage of them growing up and you know forming Mystery Incorporated right. and all that stuff. Up to the to the opening of the show, 
the original opening. Yes, yes, yes. Well, the the theme song, which they well the iconic theme song actually that they redid, yeah. remade. I'm but not it's, sure. It's, it's the same um like animation, all the same monsters and the same. They cut it almost identical to the original opening. Though. Yeah, yeah which, which was really cool. Yeah, yeah. So cut to ten years later. Now, um, they they pretty much established now, and uh, what happens is that well, through some circumstances, um, Dick Dastardly, you know, what I mean this big, uh, super villain basically from the Hanna Barbera universe shows up, and in the process of him, well, well, when he shows up, actually, both Shaggy and Scooby are taken up, um, in this um spaceship basically, and it's pretty much helmed by, you know, this superhero called the Blue Falcon, who is voiced right, by Mark Wahlberg. I didn't even know that till after. In fact, like, okay. Um, right. So it's him and Dino Mutt, you know what I mean, who's, both of them are characters are not all too familiar with. Well, him, those yeah, two, yeah, yeah. and um, Dick Dastley, I'm not too, too, too familiar with them, right? Because right. I never really dug in deep into, like, the 70s and 80s, well, the, the right. other Hanna-Barbera characters, basically, now. Right, so I um I mostly from that thing I I'm familiar enough with this to know. Well, we we you, you you finish your point. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Right. So basically, the whole mission. Well, the 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 what's going on is that Blue Falcons out to to find Dick Dastley because he's looking for three large prehistoric dog heads, and the idea is right. that if he gets all three, it will you know unleash well the cerebrus the cerebrus right, and it's this big thing about opening this dimension and it's basically to find dicks well you know the dog that he um what's the name of the dog again um Mut- mutley mutley right sorry about that yeah basically to find mutley who goes missing because of circumstances and while this is going on you know shaggy and scooby's relationship kind of um is tested basically because it's like well blue falcon believes that scooby-doo basically has the key to to save the world basically and you know that kind of um, affects Shaggy because like oh well now you don't want to be friends you know what I mean which at first I was like okay why are you acting like this for but then because the whole friendship thing that's you know that's always been a big thing with the two characters it kind of makes sense right and of course while all this is going on Fred, Velma and Daphne trying to figure out what's going on and they eventually get roped into this um, adventure as well and we have a couple of cameos here or there um, that, that, that show up um one in particular that kind of make no sense at all. <laughs> Another one where I was like, okay, this is one of my favorite Hanna-Barbera characters, but that voice too, which I'll get into. And yeah, yeah. That, that's pretty much Scoob in a nutshell. So, uh, right. Ricardo, thoughts on... Honest thoughts, sorry, on Scoob. I, it was so bizarre, I kind of hated it, frankly, because, okay, here's the thing. This could be the, all the Hanna-Barbera material, so much time has passed, like, I don't know anybody who give a shit about this now. So, like, the changes they made, they made a bunch of, like, bizarre changes for all the characters. Like, character-wise, none of it made sense to me. Right? Like, so the two, the two most noticeable, I would say, is um, uh, Dynamut. And, well, they invented a brand new character for this Black Deal character, which I don't understand who she is exactly. Yeah, 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 here's the thing, though. Uh, it's only after the fact I read up who she was, right? So she actually is part of a show that I never really got around to watching. That would be the the um the Teen Angels basically. That would be like um Cap well Captain Caveman's series. But because um, I never watched that series, I, I just know Captain Caveman as a side character in a show. I never watched the Captain right. Caveman Teen Angels series. I was like, wait, who's this but, chick? You know what I mean? Right. I didn't make I didn't make that connection because I only know about Captain Caveman and Son. That's the show I'm familiar with. Right? Yes, the, um... yes, yes. That's the one I know. That's the one I know. Yeah. Right. 
so for me now, I it was not problem. Yeah, I, I think uh, to be honest, you just wanted a black girl because you know, black, yeah. black, you know, black representation, which which is needed. But you know, she is literally the only black character in the show. Like swear to God. Right. Well, Velma, it's implied Velma is, is Hispanic in this, apparently. I know. Yeah, because, you know, Gina Rodriguez, you know, respect to Gina, right. is voicing us. Right. She's like, okay, all right, you know, respect, cool, cool, whatever. Right. So I, my attitude was, look, if you get the characters kind of right, or at least you have the characters in, in spurt, you can make it work. And they didn't really do that. And the, again, the two characters, they changed, they changed Captain Caveman, kind of, well, he voiced, but I thought, what they did with that was like really lazy. Yeah, and, then, yeah. and, and, and the voice actor they got fit, by the way, was Tracy Morgan, who I have no problem with. But he's just not Captain Caveman Dread. Even right down to the to the yell, I was waiting for it because I love yeah, the yell. I love yeah. the Captain Caveman stuff, right? When I hear yeah. it, I was like, bro, no, like, no, no. So what was I, that? Yeah, exactly. So I thought um what I would I would have been um aware of is that I thought they would have like I think Tracy Morgan as Captain Caveman is a good choice. It's just, I don't know, the voice director or whatever it is, they just half-assed that shit completely drunk. Yeah, the, the problem is that he sounded too much like himself yeah, and not like, you know, the, 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 and not like the Ongamunga, you know, um, Captain Caveman that we know, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, he was, he was completely sleepwalking through the world now. Like, if they did like, do it like how he was and it was his voice, because he has a very recognizable voice. That's I thought right. he would have got... Huh? No, I see, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. I thought, I thought it's like, all right, cool. You know, you could pull that off. And they just hadn't sleepwalking through the world. It was terrible. Um, then they, they changed Dynamut. So in this, okay, so the original Blue Falcon Dynamut, both of them supposed to be, is that kind of play on Batman and Robin kind of jokey thing? But they make a big, like, Dynamut supposed to be like, kind of a joke, the joke character now. Because he's supposed right. to be like this, kinda, like a kind of dog version of Inspector Gadget, right? He's supposed to be kind of yeah. dotish. But you have all these, all these powers and so on and so in this, they make him the serious one. I was like, what? Yeah. Why? And they had this thing with, with Blue Falcon being the son of the original <laughs> one. And he, did, he, he didn't think he could live up to his father's name. And all, I don't have a problem. Which, which, I, which right. I get. But at the same time, it's right. like, because I'm not familiar with the characters, it's like, well, okay, clearly this is not how he, how he was. But still, are they really paying tribute? Like, really staying true to who the character is? Or just make this change because 2020? I don't know. I don't have a problem with that, you know, but but you still should have like it would have been great if they had like why have Dynamut so serious now? I didn't get that at all. That right. make any sense to me. Like I, I didn't get that like what it was supposed to subvert the joke. Like, well, they were serious. They, 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 they switch places in terms of seriousness. I didn't get that at all. Like, that just didn't make any sense to me. Whatever. Um they decided to mash together a story. As I said, it's in some ways concept wise it was supposed to be what the original live action movie should have been anyway. In my opinion, so I didn't have a big problem with any of it in that way, um, because it's like, yeah, that, that's kind of what they should have done in, in terms of the reveals and the plot lines and wherever it is. But then they decide to go with the classically and Mutley as the villain. It's like, what? Why? What? Why do that? He not really related to any of that. Like they make him this outright villain. That wasn't clear to me. It was really bizarre in terms of like the choices they made in terms of the um, like the plot itself, mm. and. Who, who they could have done like the robots and like it, I, I showed it a bunch of like deep cuts and whatever it is that I just missed and I, I, I could be suffering from you know the, the, the fan the fan dumb not remembering stuff correctly like you know you get to see with a lot of Star Trek for example yeah. but it just didn't work I just find this movie just didn't work for me it was just kind of trash um, it wasn't funny it wasn't 
you know, it started off okay and had a couple jokes. But overall, it was like, oh, this is just kind of boring and do this shit. Um, well, well, well here's, here's the thing, Ricardo, right? Well, oh, oh you finish? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Okay, all right. Well, here's the thing, right? Here's, here's, here's what might surprise Adrian. I, I, I kind of like the show. Kind of. Okay. Here's, here's the reason why. Yeah? Because I was never the biggest Scooby-Doo fan. And like I said before, right. this rinse repeat thing. So I at least applauded the, the fact that they wanted to do something different. They wanted to be a little bit more up to times, you know, contemporary and stuff like that. However, though, the datedness of it really does show. It really does feel right. like something that could have happened back in like 2010, you know what I mean? And it's funny that right. the story actually starts in 2010, right? But yeah, you know what I mean? Last decade, this would have worked, you know, excellently now. But now right. it just feels like a little too little too late, you know what I mean? Like the the intention, the good intentions are there. Don't get me wrong. It's there, right? You could see it. You could tell they really wanted to um, pay tribute to the, to the source material. They wanted to kind of take some, you know popular characters from the Hanna-Barbera universe and put them on big screen for the first time ever, you know what I mean? So you could tell right. that there was some effort put into it. My thing is just like, it just feels like a little too little too late in my opinion. You know what I mean? Um, my, my, yes. my two cents about this is that I felt personally, I felt they could have stick to the kids stuff. Like, they should have just done a pop movie Scooby-Doo and keep that storyline instead of having adult Scooby, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, well teen well, Scooby in them. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're, well... I know that that will be a criticism for a lot of people, and mainly because I think they understand why you and you know other people think um, would you know believe that um, is because they don't really stick to the same rinse and repeat formula, which is right. oh we have to investigate this thing. You know, we, there's there's no mystery to it at all. It's just this this guy who wants to do this thing to take over well not to take over the world but to do some kind of you know world ending sort of event thing you know but it's right. just straight so far from what Scooby-Doo is about you know what I mean? so it clearly is oh we just want to capitalize on the you know the the big successes of animated films and well MCU and superhero films so let's have this Hanna-Barbera universe thing and people will lose their minds when they see Blue Falcon and his new suit and you know the new right. Dynamite and all that kind of stuff that that's what they're going for which would have make sense last decade now it just right. feels like yeah I, I, like to me like I, I got where they were coming from don't get me wrong and oftentimes I was laughing at because just because of the sort of attempts at pop culture references and stuff like that, there are a few musical choices. This had to get this out of the way, which really added to the detailness. One in particular yeah. is an outcast song. I'm not going to say what it is. I don't want to. Because um, when, they, when they brought it into the show, it's just like, it wait, but it's, it's 2020. We doing this, bro? Like, the last fairly decent uh, Scooby-Doo movie I saw the, the live action one right that was 2002 Outcast did a song for that called Lot of a Million Drums that was 2002 right. though so why 2020 we just dig up this song no, which I... yes it's a classic but you bring it here to do what to get a rise out of me or to get kids excited or something like it was such a clumsy <laughs> edit too. it was such like a clumsy like oh they just drop it in like an edit like oh what kind of lazy bullshit is this yeah I... and, and there's another song by the way um it's it's a popular rap song. That's all I'll say. They use it a lot of NBA shows. Sorry, NBA games and whatnot. When that came in, like in the context, I understand what they're going for. But when I hear it, I was like, bro, this is like, once again, if the show came out in like 20, in the early 2010s, that would have worked. Yeah. But not in right. 2020, bro. Come on. 
And once again, but all I'll say is that this, it, well, it felt also the, a lot of the animation felt cheap, so you're wondering if they did this in China or something. Again, oh, I don't you know what... You, you found the animation was cheap? Yeah, a little bit. Like, it looked good, you know, but I find, like, certain things like facial animation. You know, it looked like it reminded me of White Snake. now. remember I reviewed White Snake? Yeah, have yeah, that, yeah. Like, also have that, just that missing polish, you know. And I'm wondering, like, if they do this in China or something along those lines that I know what's going on there. Oh, well, well, the animation didn't really take me out of the show, though. Like, I was just digging the colors. Like, at first, I was like, okay, well, this is the style they're going for with the kind of flattish, sorry, the plasticky kind of faces or whatnot. Yeah. But I was like, okay, this is the style. Well, all the aesthetic. Style, style okay, fine, you know. whatever. Yeah, art style is perfectly fine for me, but um, the animation, just like, oh, what? Oh, oh what okay, the, the animation itself. All right, all right, all right. Yeah, um, yeah. There's just a couple things before we get to it, right? So... While I was watching this, I was I was imagining, okay, w- okay, would I have enjoyed this if it was in theaters? And to me, the answer is yes and oh. no. Um, guess why? Yes, because of how over the top and audacious everything is. Like you could tell that they're real swinging for the fences with this one. Like they want this thing to be like the biggest, well, one of the biggest summer blockbusters here. But no, because well, not necessarily because it's out of VOD, but because of Overall, how kind of dated everything is, you know what I mean? Like, right. once again, the attempt is 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 admirable. Don't get me wrong. I I do applaud Warner Brothers for at least trying to, you know, dust off, you know, remove the dust of this franchise and breathe some new life into it. But it just felt once again like this could have been done years ago. Like if I saw this back in the like you know in the twenty tens, not even in the two thousands. I probably would have enjoyed it. I mean, I would totally just been like a disposable film you watch here just to kill some time. And you know what? Like, look at it. Yeah. Um, look at it, this movie here. I would have watched it if I just had nothing to do. Like, if I was in, in theaters, uh, sorry, in cinema, I had I had like a, a hour and a half to kill. I, I would have watched it. So I, I would have oh. come out of it not feeling bad. But once again, it's kind of disposable. You know what I mean? Right. Similar to like how the, you know, the formula of it, the whole rinse repeating. But the weird part about it too is just that the formula itself, the the stuff that we know and love about the series, you know them, um, f- you know finding the ghosts and all that kind of stuff. They even do some unmasking stuff, which right. I get the joke and it was kind of like funny at first, and then they do it again. Yeah, I was like, why? And then they incorporate a particular celebrity. I don't want to spoil who it is, and that right. also right. added to the dated vibe of the whole show. You know, really? yeah. Well, so- Supposed to something well, okay. So I, I sure I swear I read that somewhere where they, where they were suppo- this was supposed to come out about ten years ago. I felt that, but yeah, you're right. I mean, it's yeah, like, I, I would be surprised. It really does, like you know, as you bring it up, it really does feel like a script from the 2010s that they just dust off and you know yeah. just make it because well, you know, we we had two Lego movies. Well, sorry, four Lego movies. So what's the next thing we could? What's the next nostalgia bit? Um, piece. Sorry, what's the next piece of nostalgia we could? Um you know more or less reinvent for the masses now. and yeah here's here, here Scooby you know what I mean but um, you know just, just in closing though before I get to read it will it will entertain people It, it I did find myself pretty much entertained by uh, for what it was I had fun with it for, for what it was for what it was trying to be um, yeah. but it's just the deepness of, of everything just you know, kind of lessen down, it's kind of lessen my enjoyment, but overall enjoyment factor of it. So, once again, I, I, I got where, where they were going for, where the, you know, the directors, writers were getting at. Um, I actually thought the voice talent would do. I thought that 
that to me is like the, the main positive over everything. The the, the um the voice sound really shining this um from Will Forte who plays Shaggy, um right. Frank Welker who they got to play Scooby Doo, um which is funny because Frank used to play Shaggy way back in the days, but then right. um he started playing Scooby Doo with the um more recent you know um TV shows and movies. Right. Um I was surprised I didn't even know Amanda Seyfried was in this. She played Daphne. Zach Efron was great as Fred. Honestly, um, Gina Rodriguez played Velma. I was like, all right, cool, cool, cool. I thought I, I didn't even know Mark Wahlberg was in this. It's kind of funny. Um, Jason Isaacs as Dick Dasley. That was great. Um, Ken Jeong, actually, as, as Dynamo. That was really cool. Uh, Tracy Morgan kind of t- take my out as Captain Caveman. But other than that, though, voice acting was solid. And, yeah, like I say, I, I just imagine people will watch this and enjoy it. But it is admittedly disposable you watch it you get your little funny little kicks here or there but then after like about an hour or two just like yeah i, I kind of forgot about it like you wouldn't really see yourself watching it again unless you just genuinely love the show is you genuinely are a fan of the, the the franchise itself and i imagine a lot of people who are who like real diehard fans probably wouldn't like this film that much you know what i mean just because they kind of wanted the the stuff that they remember from the good old days but to me it was what it was I enjoyed for what it was. I don't see myself watching it again in a hurry. So that's why I'll just give it a, a decent three out of five, man. It was all right. It was all right for what it was. Um, if you like, you know, family-friendly animated movies, go check it out. It's harmless. Uh, but if you expect this show to be like a true, you know, um, tribute basically to, to Scooby-Doo, you won't you 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 probably will be disappointed by this, right? Um, right? At the end of the day, I do see, I do applaud the fact that you know you want to make this this franchise relevant again, um, but still, you know, this easily could have been done, you know, years ago. That's that's all I have to say. Right. So yeah, Ricardo, yeah, but, last words written on, on yeah screen. yeah for me um I just I this was like Batman Ninja remember that? Uh, what was um. Oh, sorry, I was thinking Lego the Jakku for some reason, but yeah, um, no, Batman no, Ninja, no. where, oh my god, that, 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 that was bad, that was bad. Yeah, but, but, yeah, but, but it started off okay, but then it just... Whew. You make all these weird-ass choices. Yeah, yeah. It's that. It's that for me, in my opinion. Um, I just, it just didn't, this didn't work for me at all. I, 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 like, I get some of the decisions I was made, you know, but it just falls so flat. The script was alright. Um, I didn't really have a problem with any of that, but because they did the thing that I wanted them to do in in the first film. But yeah, I this didn't work for me at all. Joe. Um, I this fell flat. I'd get this one. I don't know. Well, you know, barely rent it. It it just fell flat. I, I just couldn't get into this one. Sorry. Yeah. Um, so no, I no, it's, it's understandable. It's understandable. Um, like like I say, this this show will has already divided you know critics and fans already. You know what I mean? Um. And I think maybe it's because people just kind of, you know, with the formula itself that we know, they kind of expect this thing and instead they get this other thing, which once again, like I say, right. is admirable, but just feels like, you know, a decade too late. You know what I mean? Like, you're, yeah. you're now trying to catch up on the craze, you know what I mean? I felt, on the big blockbuster have, craze as well. I felt, yeah, I felt they could have, what they could have done is, again, to me, they should have kept it in the kids, in the kids' realm of things. That would have worked, uh-huh. in my opinion. I felt that would have worked, personally. Yeah. It, it probably would have, um, in, in retrospect. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's up to them. It's whatever. Yeah. Um, last thing, last, though, I, I don't know if we're going to get a sequel to this. Um, right. Oh, 
I it, it's it's possible. I, I see it possible, but who knows? It might it might be a <laughs> don't wish any ill will on you know the 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 um the crew members behind this. But hey, it might not be that director video, man. You know what I mean? Who knows? Right. But yeah, I don't think this will be the last we'll see of of you know the Scooby Doo franchise. But yeah, it's it's a decent enough attempt. But you know, once again, is is the source material itself. So take it however you want to. And yeah, yeah. that's it. And then in the end, they clearly wanted to do extra stuff because he saw the credits. The credits had I a did, bunch I of did. yeah, a, a bunch of like you know, uh, cameo ah, characters that show up. Okay, like, like, oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, right. but 2020 yeah. though, like they. But anyway, like I say, right. um, if 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 you're interested, check it out. If not, if it does look like your cup of tea, yeah, yeah, skip it. Right. All right. So moving on now, uh, let's talk about um, the latest show to be. Really affected by you know COVID nineteen, unfortunately, and uh, just just letting you know this one time, you probably will agree with me, Ricardo. It kind of shows. Yeah, flashlight season six. Yeah, so this is probably Sorry, in nutshells, because boy, the 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 premise for the season way is so convoluted way, but. Just, just kind of deliver, kind of like the, the little footnotes of as much as you can remember actually of the season here. All right, so what happened is all right, so the, the season start off before the crisis event with blood work as the main antagonist, right? Yeah, and uh, he corrupted Barry blood and then sent him to so the, so the first half kind of played itself out normal. And then the big crisis event happens, and yeah. it kind of resets everything, but not really, kind of. And so it comes back now with this whole plotline involving the mirror universe. Where, yes, yes, yes. Well, not the mirror universe. The mirror, what was the mirror master world? I forget the mirror master. Um, thing, but... I, I, yeah, I think it's mirror master. Well, I don't know if it's mirror master world, but mirror yeah, dimension. Mirror, ma- mirror dimension. That's it. Yeah. Mirror dimension, right. And so they, they get a new Mirror Master because they, they, they die from the comics, they call the change Mirror Master, but like they come up with a new origin because of the whole reset world stuff. So now you gotta keep, be keeping up with two sets of things plot wise. Anyway, the whole thing focuses on well, the Mirror Master's arc and then all the other villains, and they get into Flash having to survive because Yellow Flash still inside their bodies because it had multiple. Um, versions of him because he died in the parallel stuff in the previous universe or multiverse being destroyed. It's really stupid and weird. It, like yeah, the it is. Mm. <laughs> and, yeah. and then they focus on, on, on Iris and whatnot and because she was stuck in the entire time and had another version of her. So that was the story effectively. And yeah, I really hated this season. So just pointless. I, I couldn't get into this one. I was just like it was a chore. It was literally a chore to watch this stuff. I like, could not agree more, boy. Um, yeah. And shit. here's the thing, uh, like, like I talked about. Um, well, as I'm gonna bring it up now, uh, season three of Black Lightning, right? Which also, you know, paused halfway for the crisis and its event, right? Uh, by chance, did you did you check out season three of of that show as yet? No, I all I did was just watch that, and I just have finished um, Supergirl. That's it. Okay, okay. Which, by the way, well, um, you know, just just letting you all know, uh, final episode is tonight. Time is recording here, so um, we'll do a, a run through of of you know season five of that um in the next episode, right? So that's something right. for y'all to look forward to, right? But um, you see, like how I said for for Black Lightning, 
how the story might have changed, but at least they kind of focused on what what was integral about the show, what they were what they were addressing, and you know they had a particular villain, you know, being played by Wayne Brady of all people, who just kind of stole the whole season for me. And right. I was just blown away at what that, what how the show just changed, uh, just how it got better, you know, over the course of like what half of a season, right? With this season here, unfortunately, like it started off good, right? And you know, it's promising enough. You get the idea, you know, with with, with Flash having to move on, you know, after the death of Nora, his daughter, right. and he had a great villain in form of Bloodwork, and it was all good. And, you know, there was this thing about, you know, Barry know, um, knowing that, okay, the crisis is coming up soon, I'm going to die, that kind of thing. Yeah. And he was trying to lead the team or trying to pick a leader. And all that was going good, you know. And then the crisis happened, things happened, you know what I mean? It wasn't perfect, but it happened. And it's like, okay, everything changed. From there, it was just from, it was just like, okay, well, now we have the new version of this character from a previous season that I have, I now have to remember who it was, you know what I mean? And they're right. there because they're there, and now they now they are threat now. Okay, and then you bring in this whole mirror thing, which okay, all right. So thematically, thematically, I get where they coming from. It's a new world, you know, dimensions close to each other. You know, it's not the same characters, not the same. Okay, so let's have this thing where Iris is sucked into this mirror mirrorverse thing, and now we have. Uh, another Iris coming, a doppelganger, even though the whole doppelganger right. thing is kind of null and void now. Okay, cool. Let's see how okay. that affects Barry's life. I get that. Okay, cool. And then they wanted to bring in... Um, well, okay, well, before I forget, yes, um, Cisco. Yes, Cisco still right. doesn't have his powers as yet. Sorry, he still right, doesn't right, have right, his powers. Right. He sacrificed them in, in Crisis, which, yes, both of us are, are, admit is, you know, really dumb. Um, yep. His girlfriend, she gets sucked into it you know, later on in the season here too. And then Captain Singh gets sucked into it too. And, yeah, yeah. you know, you, you think it, okay, it's going to lead to something bigger. But essentially, the the, the, the woman who runs it, um, Eva McCullough. Right. That, yeah, that's her name. Um, who I just assume, right, right. So she is Mirror Master, right, in this case. Right. And the reason behind it is just that, oh, she want to seek revenge on she husband because the right. husband took all of her, you know, her technological research. research and all that and make weapons. And that's it. That's what we get right. as far as a big antagonist goes. And it's even, uh, it even goes as far as bringing back old characters just because, well, you know, we, we need we need a character for, for Mary to fight in each episode. But right. the, the worst thing for me, though, the worst thing about the second half here, and just the season as a whole, is just this idea of taking away Barry's powers again. Right. Just to show that, oh well, he needs he needs um he needs Iris way more than he, he that he actually taught all the time. And you even right. have a point where you say, yeah, you know, she's she's a lightning rod and it's like, well right. oh god, just give him yeah. back his powers no man. Like, yeah, they got it that is where the plot where okay, so I remember um we call him this fellow came back um uh the brother no? um or oh, Cisco's brother no, no, Iris's brother, gosh. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Wally, Wally. yeah. Wally comes back for one episode. Um, and they decide to do this weird plot line, and that didn't go anywhere. I thought I would have go somewhere. No. And it is where I don't know if I blink and miss it, but I didn't seem to go anywhere for me. Where no, no it uh, did. Um, it, was, it was something that he did in terms of crisis and the speed force, and oh, right. there are great consequences. And 
why yeah, is but it so distressing? Look like, at what you did. Look at what you did. And right. oh, by the way, by the way, no, no disrespect to the actor though, but um, emotion, emotion, Jenny, emotion. Like when right. he was like, "Look at what you did. It's all your fault." It it just fell flat. It fell yeah. flat. Yeah. But yeah, go on. Yeah, yeah. So pretty much, yeah, yeah, that's it. So I, I was like, wait, they they gonna address what happened to the speed force at the end? Like I, I couldn't follow. Didn't. Right. Now, now, just to touch on that quickly, what they could have done, they could have just focused on this, the, the actual side effect of, the real side effect, actually, of the crisis in the Speed Force. Because, remember, Barry made that big decision in order to save his friends, right? Cool. That could have been the focus of the second half of this. Do you want to bring in this drab, dull, boring, repetitive thing about the real iris in this in this universe, and she's just there wondering what to do, how to get out. And then you have this doppelganger version of her just there, just doing stuff just because, and it's all about some kind of petty revenge scheme. And, okay, so this, has, as I brought up the whole COVID-19 thing, you could tell that, well, what I've, what I've read is that it actually was going for 22 episodes. It stopped at 19, and it shows. Right. You could tell that there was stuff that they really wanted to tell, and they just... Couldn't, no, but even still, even regardless of all that, the story to me just was going, just went nowhere for me. That whole mirror thing just went nowhere for me. Yeah, this is something I always complain about with the Flash series. Right? I find Flash, if Flash was like, if they had less episodes, it would have worked better. But that's the only problem. They have such a fluff and, and fill on her. So yeah, to yeah, me, yeah. it was like 13 to 15 episodes instead of 20 to 22. You know, agreed, you just cut agreed. out the, trim the fat, have it flow a little better. And, you know, these, these episodes, these series would have been featured the seasons would have been um featured a lot more and well here's another big general problem this is a grander problem it's more me being a, a goddamn nerd about the whole thing uh in my opinion again because the movie people completely shit the bed um the tv people ever end up trying to take their slack right similar to a certain movie we watch i was supposed to be the snyder cut similar thing where uh-huh. they end up just taking a slack and doing the thing that they end up doing so much like the movie people were supposed to do a final crisis, infinite crisis type event, um, they end up doing they end up doing the infinite crisis event. And to me, that was kind of dumb because what it could have this show could have been a lot smarter by having a lot more focus on a lot more interesting ideas in Flash comics instead of focusing on that bullshit, right? That's for the movie people, but the movie people shot the bed. So now they have to take up the sack and do it way weaker, way lamer, less budget, no nothing. And yeah, I is really ashamed though. Really ashamed. It is, it is. And and to me, um, where where the show is at right now, Dread, um, and it hurts with to see this. It just got way too convoluted for its own good, man. It just yeah, got way it. too convoluted. And even worse now because we work it with X amount of episodes after Crisis, right? Um, and then you just want to bring in all characters that you know change because of Crisis. And this subplot, and that subplot, and that subplot, yeah. and this thing about the artificial speed force, and then you want to bring back, right. um, you want to bring back Godspeed just because right. you want to bring back Reverse Flash just because this subplot involving yeah. you know Harrison Wells and uh, well the new version of Harrison Wells in this one, well actually kind of like because I do I just really like the actor, um, and then now you have this thing with him trying to move on from the past because. Um, some right. instead involving some guild, well, yeah. who, whose doppelganger shows up here and she has powers, it just goes all over the place. I just yeah. kind of forget what it is. Like, and even right now to the, to the finale, well, I guess you had to call it finale, even though you could tell it, it needed a few more episodes to really 
it truly endings off. This was probably the, the one time in me watching Flash ever that I was genuinely disappointed by the finale. Um, the the attempts at action, what went on, yeah. didn't care for it. Flash still not having, still not being hundred percent with his with his speed. You know, piss him off and worse off with Iris too. Just not having a, a proper conclusion to that. So yeah, I, I agree with you. Uh, this this was an absolute um, letdown for me, and, and it hurts me though because I really do, really do enjoy the show. And I mean, if I had to give some some praise, I mean, uh, the actors do their thing. I mean, they're still likable, <clears throat> even though premise wise everything is just all over the place. I even think I have. Uh, I even think half the people who starred, who who worked on the show, even had a clue what was going on. Um, yeah. Also, before I forget. Props to Daniel Panabaker, man, who, who plays Frost. Yeah, uh, yeah, she's a mom now. You know what I mean? She she actually, yeah, yeah. you know, gave birth to her first child um, whilst this, you know, yeah. um, season was, was um, you know, well, was being filmed actually in production. And right. last couple of episodes, they do this thing which had, my, which had me cringing though, where they decide, oh, well, Frost has this sort of weird illness thing because of a side yeah. effect of a, of a wound. So let's have her seated or in bed, right. or, or sorry, on the couch, basically. And let's have a particular pillow be right. blocking her stomach. So, you know, we don't yeah. know what's going on. And then let's have her, Which like, exit the show just for a while. Yeah. Because, you know, she has to leave and find herself. Yeah, no, like, every time, oh, come on, come on. Yeah, every time you do the, the pregnancy thing, it is always be stupid. Because you have, like, three, okay, so you have three solutions to it. Two bad and one good. The, the, the first solution is... You know, have the actor stand up in front of something or over something or under something. So, you know, they don't see the stomach and they, yeah. they, they have them do non-activity stuff now, which I hate. Then the second one is they, they have them leave the show for a little while. That's fine. It's a little clumsy. And then you do the third option, which is you actually, well, have them pregnant, but you come up with a reason. They themselves don't have to be pregnant, but you come up with some plot reason as to why they're pregnant. Deep Space Nine did that. It's pretty brilliant. Right. Right. Uh, the actor Nana Visitor was actually pregnant, so they get her. They get her character pregnant for for a plot reason, and that's it. For for a weird plot reason, they had her pregnant with the with I think Keiko Brian's baby, and then that's it. And then she actually have the baby, so it's not her baby, but she, so the character not pregnant, but she get to be pregnant. Nice solution. That's what you do. Whatever. Um, yeah. they get a dumb side. I think okay. So as I said, they should have made the effort to do the time stuff from the previous seasons. Yes, I know Infinite Crisis resets everything, but here's the thing. The Speed Force transcends the multiverse, right? We know yes. that. Yes. So, what you do is uh, you, 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 you call back to season one and you call back the stuff, the stuff from Legends of Tomorrow. So you say, okay, you still have this time stuff working with it. And in my opinion, again, sorry to say it, movie people shit the bed, so you can really do any of this more interesting stuff for the TV shows. However, um... Season got like a 5 out of 10 for me. It was just a mess. Um, yes, I know COVID-19 undermined a little bit, but I can see it be, being improved all that much anyway. Um, this is probably the worst season for me so far. Uh, even worse than season 4. And yeah, yeah, yeah. As I bring up season uh, 4, boy, I was hoping that at least the villain would have been better than what we got with season 4, right? And, you know, it started yeah. off okay with blood work, and I was like, it blood work. And then they just yeah. dispose of him. And then they even had a goal to bring him back just for like a, a, a just an unnecessary little cameo for yeah, you know exactly. to help out the, the, the next villain who, by the way, is probably the worst villain I've seen in this yeah. series thus far, boy. But last thing I just yeah. want to say before I get to my rating though. Um 
I couldn't help but think about like the later seasons of Arrow, where you know it wasn't just about a villain or a particular issue. You just have a bunch of characters, a bunch of villains, a bunch of this, bunch of that, bunch of convolutedness. Well, sorry, in this case here, it was convoluted for one thing, just way more convoluted than it should be, right? But you just have to, you just have to bring in all these older characters, and for no reason yeah. other than, well, I mean, it's it's clear right there. It's just that. We just really don't know what to do with his character, you know. Like right yeah. up, like right. You know, the big thing was okay. Will he live or will he die? And now that, well, you know, um, Arrow is gone now. What do we do with Flash, right? And you, right. you just see it. You see it through the rest of the season. So yeah, man. For me, I can just like two and a half out of five, man. I mean, watch it if you want to. Yeah, it, they really could have yeah. sat down and figured out what to do pre and post crisis. I mean, they'll just yeah, act as if, oh, well, crisis is done, so let's give us a full season and, you know, give us a weak, un- unintimidated villain and just yeah. making, a, our, making our already convoluted show <laughs> even more convoluted, man. So, yeah, right. I don't know what's, uh-huh. what the future of the show is going to be. But, yeah, boy, they really had to step things up for this one. This was a, this was a major disappointment, man. Yeah, I um I as I said I had I had a bunch of ideas of what I'd done with Flash, you know, because to me after the Savatar stuff, I like all right, you know, you're doing the speed speed force stuff, and I was worried that okay, like like take a break from the speed force villain, like go and do a non speed stuff villain, and they did did on paper they did it, and then they really fuck it up. So yeah. I was like all right, well, yeah, I'm going to be and then they end up doing this weird time story with the daughter, which. Wasn't the best, but it had moments, and the ending had a good payoff. I, I, I agree. I agree. Yeah, yeah. Right. So I was like, all right, cool. But I, but because the idea I had was instead of uh, doing something with the daughter and this future daughter person, which again not bad, but it was still it, it kind of fell flat for me. Again, if they if they had that tied up in in like fifteen episodes, it would have worked. But twenty two episodes or whatever it is, is like too long. Um, the, what I wanted them to do is explore the multiverse, like properly explore the multiverse. Um, but instead have a proper story, and then you do the crisis event. To build from that, so we get we establish those multiverse worlds, and then you do that in a season. So you you, you know, so you yeah. know we are already familiar with these worlds, and you get to see Earth nineteen a little more. So you, we we at least attach these worlds when they blow up now. Yeah. And but uh, but uh, sorry, Arrow Arrow had to come to an end, right? So that's right. why rushed it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I I was like, wait, Arrow doing the thing that Flash supposed to be doing though? Like, what the hell going on? Anyway, don't matter. And. So they, they end up doing the crisis event again for what it is. Again, they didn't have a budget, but I was okay. I thought the crisis event was all right, you know, for what it was, given yeah, a general outlook. Mm. And then they come this season, I'm like, wow, them writers did not give a fuck, Jud. And just yeah, like, it, look, they're just half assed this thing in the worst way, do. Absolute yeah. nonsense. Absolute now, nonsense. last, 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 last thing I want to see. I don't want to shoot myself in the foot for this, right? Forgive me, this is just a nitpick of mine, right? It's just me or this new intro for the show feels like this should be like the... Like, if this is the final season of Flash. I don't know, Jim. I don't know. I, it... I, I, I just felt like, you know, every time I saw it, I just look at it like, oh, okay, is this the final season I'm watching here, though? It just kind of felt it, like, when you when yeah. you when it shows up there. Okay, so my attitude is that this show should end. Time to wrap up the show now. Agreed, agreed, yeah. Time to end. Like, like go, go out to Tabang. Do our final season, make it really work, sit down with it, and just say, all right, we're going to do one final clash between Flash and, uh, and Reverse Flash, come up with a real good script, and just sit down and make that work and, and let it go. Yeah. And I'll be, I'll be really happy with that if they do that. 
Yeah, I mean, and we and we have what Starkill. I think that's coming out. Um, I think right. it's tonight actually. So we have new stuff. Yeah, yeah, it have new shows coming up. So like Black Lightning could continue. Legends of Tomorrow riding high right now. Uh um, they're doing the new Superman show, which I'm very excited for. And well, basically, John Diggle gonna be Green Lantern in that apparently. I ain't sure going on there, but yeah, that's what that's I think. Sure mm. Right, whatever. But the point is, I just say, look, time to wrap up Flash. You know, give us a really good final season with with him versus Reverse Flash. Bring back Matt Lesher. Cause to me, he was a better um better Reverse Flash than Kavanaugh anyway, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, you know, just give us a, a, a proper final battle and make it work. Yeah, uh, agreed, agreed, agreed. Yeah, um, yeah, you're absolutely right, though. Cause yeah, like when I just see that that intro for the show, I just I just can't help but think that yeah, they, they really should wrap this up though. Like this would be like the great end, you know what I mean? Like the 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 final intro you'll see for the for the series period. But yeah, I agree with you. Though. They really really do need to wrap this up like as soon as. But I don't know. I, I mean, the the future of the show is kind of like dangling right now because of this whole COVID nineteen nonsense, right? But. Uh, we'll right. see. At least, at least I am enjoying uh, Legends of Tomorrow for now. Um, right. Supergirl, I'll share my thoughts on that next time. Right. Yeah. 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 And well, Stargill, well, that's coming out um, actually tomorrow at the time it's recording here. Right. I'll yeah, get our we, we, we'll see. We'll see how that plays out. I mean, I mean, yeah. Um, but yeah, boy, when, when, when Black Lightning. With the second half of you know the season three of Black Lightning, totally be better than you know the well, the, the flagship you know um, CW DC show right now. Boy, that that's when that's when you know you really should be better. Right? So yeah, you know. So last things last, let's talk about Capone, boy. This is okay, well, the latest I didn't film. Yeah, I didn't I, take it away. I didn't want to see it because look, I like I like Josh Trank, but when I see that score, I was like, nah, boy, I ain't like it that much, baby. Sorry. 
what? You know, it's a baby. What is you doing, moment now? Like, yeah, dog, yeah. you just come with that Fantastic Four. Sit down with it now, right? For yeah. I understand, right? Before you start, for I understand, he um, he said this is the vision he wanted to do. So, like, alright, well, at least you get that. You know, at least he didn't screw you over. Like, oh, what happened with um, Fantastic Four? So, alright, well, yeah, well, with, with what the studio did, yeah, right. So yeah, this is the the, the newest film from from Josh Trankman, um, who you know is known for you know the the great film um, Chronicle, right, and arguably one of the worst films of the decade, um, Fantastic Four, right, aka Fan Fostic, right. And I'll bring up Fan Fostic, and you know I'll bring I'll bring up his previous shows a bit, right. But yeah, he not only directed it, but he also wrote and edited it as well. Right, <sighs> the editing boy. But anyway, so. Apparently, this was a, a a project that was in a well in a pipeline for for some time. Um, Tom Hardy, who plays Al Capone, was signed on for a while, but he had to do um, <clears throat> he had to play you know Venom, you know what I mean? Because adrenaline get him Venom, so he right. did Venom, and afterwards he jumped into this um, movie here. I mean, I'm I'm a fan of Tom Hardy, Dre. like I I grew to become yeah. a fan of him um, because of his work in the 2010s. You know what I mean? Meaning with stuff like Inception, um, yeah, Mad Max Fury yeah. Road. You know what I mean? Which was my favorite yeah. movie of the decade. Uh, Warrior. Um, yeah. You know. Right. I mean, he he is in one of my favorite, least favorite movies ever, but like you know, of course he come around on me, but uh, which is Star Trek Nemesis. That bullshit. Yes, but, yes, yes. He was in that yeah. too, and then he was also in um, Dark Knight Rises. Man, play Bane. Right. You know what I mean? Oh, but, yeah. Yeah. He did a, a movie. Oh gosh, was the name of the movie where he played the, the weird criminal guy? Shit, what's the name of that movie, boy? That um, that Bronson. Bronson, right? And yeah. I was like, oh, this did Michael Royal actor. I didn't know you were such a good actor. Then. So I was like, all right, cool. You know, give him a chance. Let's see what's going on. Yeah. So I mean, even even the stuff like Venom Jet, which we were, which we were different to, you know, what I mean, um, yeah. you know, I mean, Tom Hardy could 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 immerse himself into into a role into a performance and. You know, just just do his thing, Dredd. So going into this, I was like, all right, well, Tom Hardy's in this. He's gonna play the big bad Al Capone, right? I mean, yeah. you know, it's not the first time we've seen this character um, in on film. You know, what I mean, there was, I mean, of course, the 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 top tier performance after we, well, still is I should say, is Robert De Niro for you know the the Untouchables, right? Classic movie from 1987, right? I believe it was. But yeah, right. but what this show does, right? Quite interestingly, is it shows the last, well, the final year of his life before, okay. it, well, before he passed away, right? And what the show reminds of reminds us actually. I I kind of forgot this, but the show, luckily, you know, thankfully, sorry, reminded me of this is that uh, he died from neuro neurosyphilis. Right. Yeah, I know that. Yeah. yeah. So. Alcatraz, right. Well, no. Well, well, what they what they kind of show here. Is that he was arrested for a while? He he was suffering from it, but then afterwards he just decided to to, leave, um, to um, release him from prison. So he just spent the last year of his life at his estate, right? But the okay. FBI was still kind of keeping eyes on him, just have surveillance and stuff all over the place, right? Um, but you know, along with the neurosyphilis, he also suffered from dementia, right? And this is what the show kind of touches on, you know? What I mean, just seeing the world through his eyes, you know, stuff that he sees and, you know, he's, and, you know, like the audience is wondering if this is real and all that kind of stuff, right? So, what's that interesting? It's that interesting to It is, it is, it is, yeah. it is, right? And it actually reminds me of a particular show, which I'll bring up in a bit, right? So, what is about in a nutshell is that, um, essentially, there was some money that was, um, 
that he like pretty much buried, right? So right. his friend, I don't even know if 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 he's a real person or not, played by Matt Dillon of all people, is like, okay, you you still acting? Word, okay. Yeah, a, a couple of you know people that I haven't seen in a long while like acting show up in this show. But um, case in point, Kyle McLaughlin, right, who last oh, time I wow. saw him was in Twin Peaks The Return. That was like, what, three, right, four exactly. years ago. And funny that I would bring up Twin Peaks because, yeah, this 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 show have a have a kind of Lynchian vibe to it, though. really heavy on on Lynchianness, <laughs> if you want to say that, right? But yeah, he plays a doctor who shows up, you know, to to check up on um on Mister Capone, right? But yeah, this is money missing. The FBI wants to know where it is. Um, at times he kind of warning if he's just faking it or not but he firmly believes that yes he did hide his money but you know because of his mental state he just does not know where the money is right but speaking of that mental state so he's in this estate right now his wife me who's played by linda cadellini who actually was was pretty good in that show um i haven't seen her in in stuff in quite a while but she was great she was actually one of the, the best things in the show right so she's taking care of him um his son is there the hint that he has an illegitimate son as well too, but right. he just has this thing of calling the the um I was gonna say landline, but he calls the estate and hangs up when anybody answers, right? And essentially, it's just us watching a old, weathered down Al Capone. So he's far from the you know the 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 Tommy gun wielding gangster that we know him from you know in in history, right? Even right. though there's a, there's a moment where that kind of comes back, but I'll get to that in a bit. And he's just a mess, Dredd. You know what I mean? It's it's kind of like just watching uh, um, an elderly man, Dredd, at, at a retirement home, you know, being all cranky, talking to uh, himself. Quick question. How much of this is influenced or you feel is influenced by the Irishman? I would say half of it. Half of it is pretty much, but oh, you, like- you, you know, you know, as as you bring up the Irishman, right? So let just to get into the review here one time. So before we get to Irishman, right? The, the the show, the series, I should say, this this remind me of was ironically the Sopranos. Right. Reason being is because well, not just because Al Capone and you know Tony Soprano, but ever so often in in that series there would be like these out of element episodes so like tony would go to some new place right he would travel he would be on some business trip usually he might you know um cheat on his wife and all that kind of stuff but there's like one particular episode where he kind of has like these dreams and these weird dreams and i think it was that end result of eating some bad food or something like that so you just kind of puke and all that kind of stuff and he was just kind of out of his mind so he just saw all these weird you know images and stuff like that i, I think um in that particular episode, it's a famous one. Uh, Steve Buscemi was a was a guest in that episode, I believe it was. Okay. Um, and what it was, though, it was just like the sins of his past come back to haunt him, right? So yeah. characters that he killed or had killed kind of show back up, and the scenario is like this um, this kind of beach um, circus, sort of like a carnival thing, but it's at a beach. And he's just seeing all these characters kind of show up here or there. 
and you know we're just watching this dream come to life basically right but it's like twin peaks it has this kind of lynchian feel to things where you know you're watching a dream but it gets weird and nightmarish at points in time but it has a weird kind of working logic to everything right so that's how i kind of saw the dementia aspects of the show like where you know the sins of his past is coming back right so there's moments where he would he kind of imagine himself at this nightclub there's a moment where he sees you know his his friends or the guys he was working with brutally torture this guy for information and all that kind of stuff and i get where they're coming from i get I understand where josh is coming from okay this is kind of taking the character we know and just breaking him down physically and mentally right, right? So he's supposed to be like, yeah, this is your sins literally coming back for you. And you should, you should suffer for what it is you're going through. Here's the problem. It's like, like, and this is where I'll go into the Irishman, right? The Irishman gave us backstory. It gave us, right. a mo- uh, it gave us moments where we understood the character. We understood his motivation, why he did what he did, even though it's for his family. And yes, it's kind of selfish, even though he will say, oh, I did it for the family, but whatever, right? But they got enough backstory for you to understand the world he came from, why he does the thing he does, how he got roped into the mob, uh, into the mob in the first place. So when right. he does what he does, you understand it. But then when he gets old and everybody pretty much either dies or leave him, you feel sorry for him now. But because of the characterization given, here the show kind of trusts you to know everything about about um about right. Al Capone. So yeah, when you see all these surreal moments play out, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause I remember the St. Valentine's Day Massacre. I remember right. all the stuff from, right. from what? From what? The Untouchables. That's all right. that's the only reference we have. Come on. So the show itself, and I understand that this is kind of an indie film, kinda, because I think Josh spent his money to make this. I guess so. It's not a big, you know, um, studio film. This it's like okay, yeah, yeah. Clearly, Josh has learned from you know Fox and what they did with Fantastic, right. right? But still, a little time could have been spent. You know, I mean, just kind of fleshing out the character of Al Capone, showing him in his past, bringing bringing us into his world, making us feel like yeah, you know, what I mean, he was the man back then. So the contrast would would be even more impactful. But here, you give us all cranky grumpy al capone and i'll talk about um tom hardy's rule in a bit right and dog essentially like i say the whole, the whole retirement home thing that i was talking about it's it's that trend the man not usually like shits on himself vomits he can't keep food in he goes off ever so often people kind of watch him like he just less losing his shit and yes the man really does lose his shit at times there's even a moment swear to god tread where um to the recommendation of the doctor not only is not only uh his um his cigars swapped for carrots yes right look with me here his cigars are swapped for carrots because carrots are healthy right duh right they give him diapers right and, yeah and, and, yeah you're right and, and essentially seeing Al Capone, there's, there's a moment I have to kind of spoil this, but yeah, this is the moment that kind of veers on so bad it's good, and oh my god I can't believe, am I supposed to take this shit seriously territory, right? Which is essentially, I don't want to say what caused it, but yeah, you can assume it's dementia, right? You have Al Capone walking around diapers on you could tell that they are full with a gold Tommy gun basically going scarface on everybody okay yeah and 
you know, I would have laughed at this if I didn't know what was going on. I would think that was like the funniest shit ever, though. But because the show takes itself so seriously, and I mean, it, it has to, eh? but because right. the show has a serious tone of it, I just didn't know what to make of this scene. I didn't know whether I was supposed to laugh at this or cringe. I, I just found myself cringing more than anything else, right? And just the mere fact that we, we ripping off Scarface, too. Which, if you yeah. know history, yeah, I mean, the original Scarface, the 1932 film, was, yeah, it was based on Al Capone. It was based off of him. Right. So I don't know if, if the point of that scene was, oh, well, we're going to make reference to, to the 83 Scarface with this one, with the say hello to my little friend scene, but it's with the yeah. actual Scarface. Ha, ah, get it? I, right. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But just to talk about Tom Hardy for a bit, right? He is both the the great thing and the bad thing about this show. Because, yeah, right. the man goes in on this performance, man. I could tell that he was, he, he, it was all intention. Like, look, this is Al Capone I'm, play, I'm playing here. I have to do this, this character justice. And, yeah, the man goes in, man. The man, like, loses himself in the makeup that's on his face. And, yeah, he is, you could believe him. You could buy him as his own all with it down Al Capone who grumbles and talks like rah, 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 get the fuck out of here rah, rah, rah. that's how he yeah. talks right there's even moments where the man talks like he will see something in in, um, in um, Italian and it's like the scariest shit ever dread he'll be like sounds crazy dread but i imagine if some people watch like if you watch it right now what if you watch that right now you probably crack up on those moments but i don't know this this those moments where you talk in um, italian this sounds scary as shit dread that's how deep you went in but here's the problem because josh is clearly swinging for the fences and more with this movie dread his you know i'm um, sorry well tom's performance comes off as laughable dread like the the, yeah. the 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 person I was comparing this to, well, two actors I was comparing him to actually, and it's a shame I had to bring them up, John Travolta and Nicolas Cage. He was just right. like, like he was kind of either John Travolta, you know, like when he was in Gotti, remember that, or the fanatic yeah. which I talked about and laughed at a lot. It was going either on that extreme or it was going to the Nicolas Cage extreme, where I have to be so insanely over the top to let audiences know. Yes, I'm going mad. This is how mad looks like. So it was just right. one of those extremes, right? And in the middle is Tom Hardy doing his utmost best, right, to just breathe life into his character. So I can't say that this is the worst performance he ever gave, right? But because of the movie itself, unfortunately, they're gonna they they they're just gonna put that label on him. You know what I mean? So like, if this came out before the Razzies happened, like this year, yeah, he would have get nominated for Razzie easy. He got nominated for Razi easy, just like that. But it's a shame though, because you know that he just doing his best. He is doing his job, dread. But it's just that the movie itself just did not know what to do with him. And just speaking about the, the film itself, the the, the story, because yes, he, um, Josh wrote and directed. <sighs> Look, I get that he wants to do something a little bit different. I get that he wants to show the side of of Al Capone we never saw before. The show itself is something that you've never seen before. Like, you've never seen Al Capone in this way at all. Because most times, he's just this over-glorified, you know, bad guy. And in this case, he's just this broken-down individual. And the show tries desperately to make you feel sorry for the person. Eh? 
But because we have no backstory, we have no context into who this guy is. You're just watching an old man in the last days of his life just shitting on himself, fattening himself, making a fool of himself. And yeah, just on the verge of just doing something insane and violent. And that's what the show is going. That's all the show has. And there's really nothing to it. I just couldn't care for the character. I couldn't sympathize with him at all. I couldn't. Um, And then when the show veers into like really dark, surrealist territory, and, you know, I get it. Visually, I get where they're coming from. I would say, if I have to give some credit, I thought that the sound design was was really well done because, you know, there's moments where it kind of goes in and out of reality. I thought that works. And it happens in the majority of his homes. So I thought that that worked too. But still, once again, it's just, why though? Why should I care? Even when things yeah. get dark and it's reminded of, oh, well, this is how much of a bad guy he is. That just makes me care about him less. Even less. So why would I care about him in the last few minutes of his life or whatever? I just don't care. And the movie doesn't stop to tell, to give me a reason to care. You know what I mean? To care, sorry. Um, right. But I wouldn't lie though. That that Scarface moment that happens near the end that really that 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 came out of nowhere for me. But I would say if there's one reason to watch a show, it's for that. <laughs> it's for that massacre though. It is shocking. It is weird. It is baffling, but it kind of hilarious at the same time. Uh, last few things I just want to say before I get to reading, right? Um, I was surprised though that my boy LP from Ronnie Jules, you know, I mean, well, half of Ronnie oh. Jules, right? To well, producer slash rapper. I mean, I know he is a great producer, a great producer behind the boards, right? But yeah, they get here to do the score for this. I'm like, all right. Uh, I know Ronnie Jules 4 coming out next month. I'll look it out for that. Really excited for that. But still, uh, LP, okay. Um, and what he just does is just this kind of moody, dark, kind of surrealist, uh, electronica score, basically, for the film, right? It's kind of reminiscent of, like, what, um, I forgot the composer who collaborated with, um, David Lynch on his, on his films, like Blue Velvet and, yes, Twin Peaks and all that. It has the feel of that, where it's all dark and moody. Um, when it works, it works, but oftentimes it could have gotten anybody else to be there, because really the music was just in the background, like, you wouldn't even know the music was there unless... Sorry, you raise the volume, Dread. That's that's yeah. how low key the music was for the music, right? No disrespect to LP, right? But yeah, um, the supporting cast, they do what they had to do. I mean, acting wise, everybody just do their thing. You know, I mean, nobody really gave a, a terrible performance. Um, but just to touch on story one one last time, there are numerous subplots that just go absolutely nowhere, right? Like I thought it was cool that okay, um. Al was seeing these FBI agents and he was wondering, oh, am I seeing things or is this really this guy um, sneaking up on me or snooping at me? Okay, cool. That was cool. But didn't really go anywhere with that because there was a little subplot involving well, the FBI wanted to know where this money was and they just don't capital, they just don't follow up on that. Um, right. Matt Dillon's character, he he wants to know where the money is. And then there's even a moment where you, you yourself wondered if Matt Dillon himself is real. Right. You do that. And the show doesn't even stop to answer who, if he's real or not. And they even do that yeah. with, unfortunately, and last spoiler I'll give here, the the illegitimate son of, of Al. They, they have a little moment in the end, and yes, I get what they're going for, but at the same time, we are kind of wondering, uh, is he real too? Because, yeah. you know, it's, it's just kind of weird though. So, in closing, I... All right, it's, it's, it's one of those fascinating movies... You know, to me, that that was Capone. Is this a fascinatingly bad movie? It's not like it went out to. It was intentionally meant to be bad, 
But and I would say though with, with Josh, right? You, like you could tell, you know, going back to stuff like Fan Fostick and um Chronicle, the guy has a thing for seeing characters disintegrate. Like he is right. this kind of David Cronenberg kind of thing. Like, you know, like when you fly in video drone, he just likes to see his protagonist disintegrate physically home. and you know, become, you know, like just weird characters as a result of that. That that's his thing, right? And I imagine like in, in the future if he does like horror, like if he does like some I don't know, some Cronenberg throwback film, it would not work well. But because right. it's a biopic, because it's Al Capone, right? Because I have to take this seriously now because it is Al Capone. The sort of Cronenberg stuff slash Lynchian stuff just didn't work in the film at all. Even though I know what he was getting at. I know he wanted to dive into Capone's dementia and put us in his head. So we 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 doubt in everything that we've seen. I, I get that, right? But the story was just a mess. It wasn't sure what it was trying to be. I wasn't sure if I was supposed to sympathize with, with the man or cringe yeah. at stuff that he did. And the show itself didn't even know what it was trying to be, Dread. And then the worst part about the two way. The, the, the person who really comes out of it, you know, um, the worst though, had to be Tom Hardy, man. Because I yeah, know but... the man really went in. The man really wanted to give it his all, Dread. And we've known over the years the man was a great actor, Dread. But, dog, dog this, this, is beyond, this is beyond him, Dread. Like, let's say he can't go over the top when he's ready, right? But, dog, don't, don't have him play an old gangster with, with a diaper, Dread. With a gold Tommy gun gunning down people like if he's Tony Montana like come on like come on and even if if and you know going back to what you're saying like um this was the movie that you know Josh wanted to make even if you wanted to have that moment in the film give us a reason to care Dredd. like give us a reason for me to really feel sorry for him at this moment like this is where he truly lost his mind but no because the, the show doesn't bother to give you any backstory I'm not saying that, oh, well, you know, it's Al Capone, you're supposed to know everything about him. Okay, yeah, that's that's kind of like the approach that the movie has. Like, you're supposed to know everything about him going into this, and that's lazy. That's lazy writing. Like, come on, just yeah. show me some moments and flesh the character out. So when we see him disintegrate, you sympathize with him, you pity him. That's what we want. Right. But no, just yeah. show him in and show him just acting crazy and doing crazy shit because it's a movie, right? Anyway, right. so rating-wise... I was thinking about giving this a two out of five, but the more I think about it, this is one of those like glorious failures. But it's one of those shows that people look back and be like, "Yes, it was well intentioned." I saw what Josh was getting at. You know, he was swinging for the fences, boy. But my God, boy, he just missed the mark with this one, boy. But it's a fascinating type of badge. I recommend right. if you just want to see, just to be like, "Wow, boy!" Like, how this man dropped the ball so hard with this one. Yeah. And that's 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 the type of people I recommend this to. People who just want to see how bad this movie is or how how good it could have been. So yeah, written right. wise, I'll give this a very light two and a half out of five, man. See it if you want to. Um it's not the worst show out there, it's not the best far from the best show out there. It's not, it's not gutty bad, right? No, 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 no. It's not, it's not. But right. the unfortunate, the, the unfortunate part about this too, and I have a feeling this will be the case going forward into this year, is that you know a lot of people are gonna pick this movie apart, they're gonna rip it to shreds, they're gonna call out Tom Hardy and say it's the worst performance ever. But I disagree, Trent. and it's not to say that he delivered the best performance here neither. By just saying that it was a great actor in in the wrong film, 
he could right. have been in much better material. He could have been in Irishman, if, if, if right. you know, right. just just to think about it, Dread. But you know, I mean, I, I don't have nothing bad to say about Josh. You know, I mean, I know he's a talented filmmaker and writer, Dread. Oh, and I forgot to mention editing. There's some like he really shouldn't have edited this film at all, because he he does a lot of quick cuts and the ideas that you know is like, oh, did I see that? Oh, did he see that? But it right, just didn't right, right, right. work for me. He was going for that. Yeah, yeah. Like, dog, I am a man to do editing for you. Come on. Yeah. Sad. Yeah. I know you're trying to save money, but oh gosh. You don't know where to, you don't know where no, that much hot straight. Come on. I say he's, you know, the joke I make about him is that he's the last author, right? You know, the, the price of what is to be an author in the modern industry. You know? um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it is true. It is true. Yeah. That, and, you know, you get, you get catch up in that nonsense, man. Yeah. And I mean, I, I, I actually do want to see the man make, you know, um, great films. I just think that, you know, since he's been varying towards horror all this time, well, three movies right. in, least he could do is make a horror. Just make it like some 80s Cronenberg film like Videodrome or, you know, um, The Fly. Some, something like that. You know what I mean? That, that seems to be his thing, Dredd. But right. not, not, not biopics of great, man. sorry, infamous, you know, people like Al Capone, Dredd. So like I say, if, if you just want to see how bad it is, give it a look. But if like you Ricardo, you just read all the you just saw the the the, the scores on Rotten Tomatoes and Metacritic and you're like, nah, boy, good. Then yeah, by all means skip it, yeah, yeah. But um yeah, boy, I just really feel sorry for Tom Hardy because he's the one yeah. who has to suffer for all of this track. Because he'll be known by the end of the year as, you know, the the gold Tommy Gun, you know, um shit. Um, right. um, shit, shit, shit! Filled diaper wearing gang surgeon. I mean, nah, man. He he deserves way better than that. And this is after Venom Dread. Take about that for yeah. a sec. Yeah. But you know, I mean, it, I it, it, it is what it is. It is what it is. Go see it yeah, if you want to. If not, yeah, skip this shit. Yeah, all right. Um, so with all that being said, uh, Ricardo, where, where can we find you online? Ampersat, R-M-E-D-D-Y, that is at R-M-E-D-D-Y on Twitter. And then you can type in Ricardo Medina on Facebook, you can find me there. All right. On Twitter, you can find me at Bear Beat Bailey. On Instagram, look for Bears Beats and Bailey. On in, sorry, on Facebook, just look for Matthew Bailey, along with the Illegally Black blog, official fan base, where you find links to this podcast, as well as the ones that we've done over the past you know, five seasons, including retrospect reviews. And uh, stuff to look forward to, some TV stuff. Um, you haven't seen Atlanta's Missing and Murdered, The Lost no. Children. But this no, was I... one that I was going to talk about in this episode here. And Ricardo, I strongly, strongly recommend you you you, you check it out. It is brilliant, right? So just sell myself out there one time. Also, in my side, I will check out The Last Dance. I'm going to check out all 10 episodes. Yes. I'm going to binge that yes. shit. I have a feeling I'm going to love the show. I'm going to love it. Right. Um, also, well, we have Supergirl Season 5. So... Right. We'll talk about that, and maybe it might be as maybe maybe it might be you know better than um what we got here with Flash season six, but uh, we we'll see. Um, also, you know, Stargill has has a series premiere, um, right, so we'll, you know, we'll talk about that as well. And um, last thing, last just want to mention to uh, well, at the end of the month we're supposed to get in uh, Space Force, right, right on um on Netflix, right. So this is like the the new Office. Well, office-like show that we're gonna get from Greg Daniels and um and Steve Carell, right? And just in closing, though, um, you know, what I mean, this is actually the last TV performance 
that we will see of you know Fred Willard, right, who passed away yeah, right. uh, a couple yeah. days. The time is recorded here. You know, um, it's a shame that we had to bring this up, you know, at the end of this uh, episode here. But yeah, I mean Fred Willard, you know, what I mean he is just such a, a talented actor. I mean he's been in the game for years, man. I mean he's yeah, yeah. He was 86 when he passed away, right? I mean, I remember him from, you know, stuff like Anchorman, Modern Family, yeah. um, you know, shows of that nature. And yeah, man, he is, well, I mean, I would say he, was, he is actually one of the great um, comedians to be working um, in TV, you know what I mean, up to this point. So yeah, man, rest in peace to, to Fred Willard, man. Um, anything you just want to say before we wrap up? No, no, yeah, you're, you're kind of ready. I was like, oh yeah, Fred Willard died. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so... It'll be kind of rough seeing him in in this new show here, man, Space Force. But yeah. at least I expect to to be entertained and just to you know laugh and, and stuff like that. So yeah, so that's pretty much about it. So once again, guys, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, whenever this is. This was Match Bailian, Ricardo Medina, and we are signing off for another episode of BSB to So until the next one, take care, stay safe in and out, peace.